wow, as we begun and uh, as Kent begun, and we were, were just talking uh, about the nation and stuff and, uh, and all of the things we were just discussing, it's just amazing to me how my tears sort of well up in my eyes. You know, I, you, did you feel that? You know, you just, uh, we talk about praying for our country and, uh, and our nation and um, all that. I think we're a little raw uh, about that, and we should be. And we should be. And we are part of the answer to this. We are a big part of the answer. We've always been a part of the answer. This is how the United States got started. The root of it was uh, people fleeing for religious freedom. And then the government formed around that nucleus, that core. And uh, that's real history. That's true history. <laughs> right? Real history, true history. So we know that as believers. And uh, that heritage didn't end way back then. It continues on to this day with these generations. We would disappoint that generation if we didn't fight for religious liberty and for all the things that this country stands for. The core of it, the core values uh, that, that started this country. So it's so important for us to remember that in this time. And so as I've thought about this a lot, you know, there's been various reactions uh, to... Uh, um, you know, the politics and, uh, of course, the news is nonstop, and, uh, multi-directions, uh, opinions and everything. And uh, the talk show hosts and uh, media outlets are making an absolute fortune over this, uh, the things that are going on and all the things that have been stirred up. But the ultimate thing is there's a root. Uh, it's a spiritual root. And this is the battle that we're fighting. There's a spiritual root that's trying to raise up against the knowledge of God in our country. And so the thing is, um, we don't really need to do a lot of fancy things. We just need to do the things that are outlined in the Bible and just do them routinely. <laughs> we just need to do the very things. Like, for example, prayer, such a simple thing, yet such a profound thing. Because what's happening to us and the world right now, it's had, we've seen a lot of physiological things happen, but the root of it is spiritual. There's a spiritual root, a spiritual uh, uh, root that's trying to rise up and displace uh, all kinds of things, including the very values that we love and fight for and that actually are part of our walk with God, our Christian faith. And so the thing is, when we release our values, then the country does good. We are the salt and the light of the earth. And so what form that takes is lots of different kinds of forms it takes, but I just felt like I wanted to pray, I wanted to preach this sermon, and it's, uh, it's just, uh, it, I call it praying for divine opportunity. And for me, uh, the most important thing is we just do more of what we do. We just need to be what we are, what we're designed to be, right? And so when you read the New Testament, you look at these guys, and, and, and they, gals and guys, they were amazing people. They were the root system, and this root system, uh, didn't they didn't love their life even to death, right, to get this gospel across. And often they were bumping up the government's of their regions and their cities, right? And of course, the early apostles, a lot of them were killed by governments. Most of them were, were killed by governments. But they had definite opinions about the governments. But surprisingly, you would think for what was going on, uh, surprisingly few passages uh, about the governments themselves. What they were most concerned about was the government of God. And if you look at church history through the years, it's very fascinating. Uh, I discussed this uh, a few months ago. But the fascinating thing about it is, as God's government came up, as the church began to uh, grow and explode and expand, it literally overcame the Roman Empire. And the funny thing is, it, its borders stopped there for a while, 
And, uh, and we just saw so much Christianity across the Roman Empire, but they forgot the guys of the north of them. <laughs> the guys, the tribes in the north, the Germanic tribes and all that, they forgot. You know, they just kind of took it easy and didn't keep going, right? And eventually those guys came, conquered the Roman Empire, but then Christianity, because Christianity was in the Roman Empire, it eventually conquered those Germanic tribes. And then it happened again in church history with the uh, Viking and all those that were coming down from the north, the far north, right? And again, it happened again. Christianity overcame it just by being Christianity, right? So the world, and the Western world especially, began. And then, of course, and fleeing and for religious freedom and stuff, for, and, and, and that wasn't the only reason why people came to America. But then, again, Christianity took root here, both in North America and and. Uh, and then even in South America, through the Catholic Church, but there was at least something better there than what had been, right? The, the knowledge of God. And so uh, all around the world, uh, Christianity has this way of being salt and light. And I just think that in this time, and I know it's, we're, we're kind of um, nostalgic, it's the 4th of July, and I don't know about you, but I'm, I was sort of surprised at myself getting tears as we're talking about all this stuff. You know, I just, uh, you know, because it's really a, a tender time for us. But... I think that uh, one of the most important things we can do right now is we need to be us. We need to be what we're supposed to be, the salt and the light. And I call this sermon Praying for Divine Opportunity. So not only do we need to pray for our country, but we need to be praying and using that, I think, as a launching pad to actually witness, actually share the gospel, actually pray for people, actually engage the culture out there. And so our church is doing that in a number of ways. Uh, and uh, but we need to be engaged even further, and especially with regard to where we work and the place where you know where ideas and caustic ideas things are there. I, I think that it's been uh, we feel a little bit intimidated. You know, you never know what you should say to your coworker or whatever. But you know, if you're a believer, it's amazing uh, as you keep a spirit of prayer and awareness of God about you that God gives you opportunities. I think this is one mistake that maybe uh, we, we don't have to make. You don't have to uh, overly engage. Just look for your spaces. And one of the things that helps me a lot to find spaces in which to share the gospel, to do uh, wonderful deeds for people, to sh you know give them money or supply, whatever, I, I, I walk around in a spirit of prayer, and the Holy Spirit prompts me. He shows me what to do. It's very, very powerful. And I want to just read out of Colossians chapter 4. I'm going to explain this a little bit. Because I call this praying for divine opportunity. In other words, keeping yourself in a place before the Lord uh, where you're aware of the Lord and looking for opportunity to witness, to share, to pray, uh, to tell the truth, uh, whatever it is. To pray for the sick, to pray for someone that's not doing well. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm talking about today is arming ourselves when we're out there, whether we're at school or whatever, to look for places and opportunities to share Jesus, to pray for people. Because if you, I've found... Uh, you don't have to become any part of it. It doesn't take really specific training. You don't have to be like a super duper knowledge of the scriptures. You just got to be able to be willing to help and look for your spots. Because if you have that attitude about you, it's amazing what the Lord will bring to you. To plop right in your lap, right? And then you've got to make a choice as to whether you're going to respond to that. But that's in the air too. Because lots of people are questioning their faith or wondering you know, and, and there's a lot of talk going on in those places when people bring things up or there's weakness where people have lost a job or they, they need uh, some kind of help in some way practically. Um, if we just 
uh, sensitize ourselves to this and just stay in this spirit of prayer waiting and watching for opportunity, I think we're going to find that God's more than willing to back us up. But also the air is so ripe spiritually. It is so ripe spiritually. That's something we need to believe. Not be intimidated. And, you know, if you watch the news enough and all this, you know, you can get really easily intimidated, you know, and this person's suing that and all that. But a lot of that's unreal. For one thing, I know there's big issues and stuff, but, you know, remember the news people, they make money by making things spectacular, right? And there are some spectacularly wrong things going on. I got it, right? But I've had to dial myself back because I find when I get in that spirit, sometimes I lose the spirit of prayer off of me and I start getting into all their arguments, you know, all their fights and all their things, some of which are petty, some of which are um, uh, important. You know what I mean? But but really, uh, people are open for new answers and new things and they're open for kindness and they're open for supernatural things and they're open for answers and they're open for family answers, especially right now. Uh, what do I do with my children and so on and so forth? And so happy that we've started the school and what we're doing. It's just so amazing to me. We've got have lots of answers, lots of amazing answers. And, and so we sort of had to take a step uh, of faith into the educational realm. And I, I see our principals back there, you know, <laughs> and, uh, we, and our teachers. Are, it's amazing what we've done with our Sunday school at the same time. We've kind of have some of the same people doing the school in our, our children's ministry. And we really are in that mode right now. Uh, taking care of our kids and, uh, and and educating them and bringing them up all the way to eighth grade now, and I want to go all the way to high school, and uh, I, I just believe that's part of the territory we can take, you know, uh, and 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 we're taking it, and God's blessing us in it, and this is an example. So there's all kinds of opportunity now. In other words, in a way, the world's protection's been taken from them. The normal hardness and the I would say the worst thing could probably happen to a culture is indifference mediocrity, just sort of um, hardened to the everydayness of life. I think the everydayness of life is far worse than the place we're in right now. Do you know that? I really believe it. The everydayness of life, where you just go about your routine, you don't think about spiritual things, you're not uneasy at all, almost too comfortable, investing, busy, 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 busy. To me, this is a much worse place than now. Now, it's a little raw, it feels a little uncomfortable, the virus still lurks around, this is happening, you know, and things throw us off. But, oh, I think there's lots of divine opportunity. And also, I'm not just saying in a super spiritual way. I think there's lots of divine opportunity for your jobs, for your work, uh, for pr a promotion. I'm watching this happen across our church. I, I feel so strongly about this. Let me just say this. Uh, I'm so str I feel so strongly about this. Wow. I have seen so much breakthrough with regard to new job opportunities. People getting new jobs, getting paid more money than they've ever made in their life. This is something you should expect as a believer. This is who you are as a believer. This You should expect this to happen. While everything's off balance, we can be aggressive. We can move into new territory. Matter of fact, I just feel like I should pray that. There's an anointing on us to pray for this. We've been doing it in our business prayer meeting for a long time, but now it's more anointed than ever. And you wouldn't believe what's going on, man. I, I'm so surprised. Oh, yes, the housing, the appreciation, and da 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 You young people, stop it. Just stop it. You have to have a place to live. You want to live in a hole in the ground? Go buy a house. Don't worry. God will back you up. I know it's hard. Just do it anyway. If you... Someday I'll tell my test about how I bought a house. Amazing.
I had miracle after miracle happen, and then I cried for two years because I, I thought I wouldn't be able to afford the thing, you know. Once I got it, once I manipulated my way into buying the house, but I did, and I've grown, and and and, and God's always supplied. You can do it. You can be productive, more productive than ever. I'm just exhorting you in every way. I'm going to just pray for jobs for a moment. If you're insecure about a job, need a new job, your old job doesn't pay you enough, stand up right now. I would imagine 50% of the place would stand up. And if you don't stand up, that's amazing. All right. Some of you just don't know exactly what I mean by that. What's he going to do now? I'm going to pray for your job that you get the best paying job you ever had for less work. How about that? That's what I'm going to pray for. That God would open doors for you. That God provide for you. He'd make, bring new places of sustenance. He'd, he'd help you with your finances and your homes, housing and whatever it is that you need. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that this would be the greatest time financially for our entire church. I pray you would open doors that no man can close. I pray you bring opportunity to us in every realm of life things and jobs that we considered, things that we thought we'd like to do, may they be productive. And we put a little time in and get a huge return. I pray less work and more money. And I pray anybody that's been fired will be rehired. I pray that anybody that's insecure about where they're working right now, that you would make them secure. I pray for houses and things that need to be bought in Jesus' name, things that need to be sold in Jesus' name. I pray that we would take root downward and bear fruit upward. I pray in every way possible. You would prosper this people in Jesus' name. I pray you would raise their faith to a new level. I pray they'd see above their problems, and I pray they'd see the amazing opportunity there is to make money, to, to prosper, to do well, for their re relatives to come to Jesus in this time and season in Jesus' name. And for their children to prosper beyond anything we could imagine, to be re-educated, to even be better than all those kids around us because we understand your principles and we, you make us smart. You make our children smart. I pray in Jesus' name for anyone that needs to be healed or threatened with their health. I pray they be made completely well in this season. I pray for a divine health, divine uh, everything over us, Lord. You are our great provider. When we pray in this 4th of July for our great nation. We thank you, Lord, with this many people praying, even this many in this room, we can shake California. This many people in the room, we can shake a lot. And there's a lot more than that praying for California and for the United States. We pray, oh God, we thank you. This nation, this state is the golden state. And Lord, I just pray that it would be golden, Lord, spiritually, physically, financially, in every way, Lord. We just pray it would be a golden state shining for you. We pray for our nation, Lord. Again, for all of our leaders, we thank you, God, for godly people in the judiciary and all the branches of government. May they raise up, may they stand up in this time and, and, and be counted. May, they, may their voice be heard, Lord. And I pray, God, you would give them an ingenuity and intelligence and, and savvy and also, Lord, spiritual victory. Wherever they go, Lord, I pray you go ahead of them in Jesus' name. We pray for the president and all those that are in authority. I pray you would channel their heart like water. I pray they would do your bidding despite themselves in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, the mighty counsel of God would come on this nation. We'd raise us up along with Israel and the other nations, Lord, and they would, we'd just see a massive uh, 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 evangelization of the entire earth. May your influence in the earth grow, not diminish. Lord, may your government... May there be no end to your government, Lord, as the Scripture says, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, I, I, I didn't plan any of that. I just did there, but I like it, so it's good. All right. So I don't even know how much I'm going to get through this sermon, but we'll get, do our best here. I don't even think that's that important. I think probably this is the best thing we could have done today, so I'll see you later. <laughs>
<laughs> if you want to stick around, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Colossians 4, let's read these verses. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Now, devote, right? This means I, I do a lot of this. <laughs> if I say I'm going to devote myself to something, that's one thing I'll notice about this area. In our area, the thing I love about it, and I think a thing I slightly dislike about it, is if anybody does something around here, we don't do it halfway, man. <laughs> From the children right up. You just, that was one of the surprises when we moved here with our kids, man. You don't just play baseball like a couple hours a day. You, you, know, you, you do tournaments. You do everything you could possibly do to be the very best baseball player, football player, tiddlywinks player, whatever it is, right? That's in the area of sports, anything. This area is just like that, right? So we know what it is to devote ourselves. Sometimes we don't devote ourselves to the right thing. Devote yourselves to prayer. How about that one? Being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. These are great instructions for where we're at right now. So, let's ask the Hesses to stand up missionaries to the Middle East. So, I pray that you would open a door for their message. Lord, I pray you would open wide doors in dark places to proclaim the mystery of Christ. Lord, would you open a door for their message in places where people don't normally go, both in the United States and abroad. I pray where the voice of God has heard small that you would use them. You've been using their entire life to open doors, Lord, especially in the Middle East, in the darkest places of the world. I pray in the name of Jesus as they're in this transition and they're trying to figure out what comes next. I pray you just keep transitioning them. I pray, God, that you would keep opening doors. I pray the door-opening ministry would be yours. I pray God would open these doors right and left to individuals and also, I want to say this bigger, to countries, because it's going to be both. It's going to be the individuals, and it's going to be the churches, organizations, but also the nations. May God use you as nation openers. May God use your pioneering anointing. May it just be powerful. May your voice be heard in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So there in our midst, I just had to say that. Pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message. You know? Wow. So be praying for them. That God would open a door for their message. They're really amazing about this. They're really amazing about this. This whole thing of open doors that are closed. What'd you say? Somebody say something. Oh, you want to do that? Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. We're gonna say we're gonna bless you in the name of Jesus three real loud times. So stand up. This blessing. No, think about this for a minute before we do it. Okay, like okay. So people say okay, big deal, bless. But if I said we curse you in the name, you know, whatever, for three times. You would absolutely freak out. People in this room would freak out. They would run out of the door with their, like their hairs on fire. Oh, they curse me. They curse me. Oh, my God. Right. But if we say we bless you, everybody goes, okay. You know, like if you sneeze, God bless you. Right? No. So when we say we bless you in the name of Jesus all together, this is a big deal. Right? So everybody understands the big deal about the other side, Right? No, they'd be looking for horrible things to happen to them from now until they're 80 years old, right? If we said the curse thing, right? But we're going to say, bless you. 
So we should be looking for great things to happen to you from now until you're 80 years old or beyond, right? Okay. All right, you got, huh? All right. All right. So <laughs> thank you for saying that, Ross. That's good. We bless you in the name of Jesus. We bless you in the name of Jesus. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. And so I believe that uh, uh, they're going to be ministering on August the 22nd. Is that what we decided? Sunday, August 22nd. So you'll be hearing more from them from the pulpit here. So uh, I can't wait to do that. So, All right. Now, I still haven't got to the message. So let's see. Here we go. Um, so look at your outline. Devotion means, or devote means to give constant attention to a thing. That's pretty obvious. This is a frequent New Testament theme. There are just certain themes that um, the scripture says, do this a lot of, right? And one of them is actually found in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verses uh, 16 to 18. Rejoice always. How, how often would that be? Always. Even in this situation that we're in right now, right? COVID or no COVID, right? Rejoice always. I hope you're able to do that. Man, I tell you, I did my best keep rejoicing because the Bible says so. Why should we rejoice always? Because someone's in charge besides us, God. He's our leader. He's our king and he's pervades, he's over everything, right? Rejoice always. Pray continually. How often would that be? All the time. Give thanks in all circumstances. How many circumstances? All circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So uh, there's all kinds of always like that. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 is one of them. Uh, and also as we look, Jesus also told us that we should always pray and not give up. In Luke 18, the widow's cry is our cry. Grant me justice against our adversary. And remember in that parable, um, uh, this, this widow was crying out over and over again, give me justice, give me justice. And Jesus used her as an example of the way we should be. We should be constantly, persistently crying out till we get our answer. And he said, you know, that judge isn't going to give her anything that she needs because he likes her or because she shows favor, but it's just because of her persistence, lest she wear him out, right? She'll get what she needs. And so God's given an invitation here, wear me out about certain things, right? Do this a lot. So our struggles are ultimately against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms, right? And we see that in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, uh, uh, verses uh, 10 to 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty armor. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So where we're at right now is we're seeing the evil in heavenly realms uh, try to put their influence on us in a, a new and maybe unparalleled way in some ways, right? But make no mistake about it. This is where we got to go. This is where we battle. This is where the opportunities that we have as the church to change the world. It's not just, if we stay at this level, you know, we'll get mad at a lot of people and, and get opinion day this, but we just got to go higher to the authorities above them that are trying to manipulate and change and rearrange in a negative way our country. 
And so even in 1 Peter chapter 5 says, our adversary is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So we could quote that. A lot of people quote that about the devil. But I think we should see ourselves, if God's stronger than the devil, right, then we should be looking for someone to devour, <laughs> right? So if he's like a roaring lion, then what is our lion of the tribe of Judah like? See what I'm saying? So we need to go the opposite direction with this whole thing. Oh, yes, there's forces of evil up there. How bad, how horrible, yes. But our adversary is a roaring lion. He's more powerful than all of that. And the name of Jesus disarms the whole thing. He's been raised above every power and principality and authority. So we as the church need to act like that, right? And so this roaring lion looking for someone to devour can easily be taken care of by the lion of the tribe of Judah. And it's so important that we do this. And so there's a couple of words I would like to just uh, call out. One of them is the word watchful, and the other one is the word thankful. Okay? So watchful means to give attention, to be cautious, and also to be active. And so I want to just read from uh, Matthew chapter 26, uh, verses uh, 40 to 41. They turned to his disciples and found them sleeping. This is when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now here's an interesting thing. There was not a lot that those disciples could do there, but he did expect something of them. And for their sake, it would have been enough. It would have probably saved them some trouble, right? Because they were completely oblivious to the environment. So for us, it's the same. So I'm giving all this cheerleading about what we should be doing and how we should approach it. But we also need to be aware that these are real enemies with real authority and they're trying to knock our block off. <laughs> they're not just trying to influence our country. They're trying to take our country. They're trying to rearrange the basic foundations. They're trying to shake the foundations. And it's part of the entire worldwide effort to do the same. To bring into power governments and uh, the kind of government that we absolutely do not want and no one will want eventually, right? So it's so important that the church is watchful. It's not that they stand around and watch and wring their hands about it. It's they're aware. So if you're aware, then you're going to have certain kinds of behavior that would be different. You'll respond to people differently. You'll invest your money differently. You will pray differently. And this is a real critical thing. Because the battle we're fighting is beyond the natural. It's in the supernatural. So this a prayer part of this whole thing is extremely important. It's not just something that we do so we can console ourselves, to make ourselves feel better, you know, to calm each other down. You know, it's, it's a part of a battle that we need to engage. But part of the way we do that is that we're watchful. We're aware of spiritual things in this hour. Couldn't you men keep, keep watch for, uh, with me for one hour, he asked? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. So it's so important that we're wide awake. That's the good thing about some of the things that we hear on the news, you know, especially from certain sources. That's a good thing. But also, just as the church, we need to watch, talk, think, be careful that we don't fall into the same pattern, the same habits, the same places that the world's falling into, right? The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. 
He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping. The thing is, where it's been in the United States is it's pretty easy to sleep because we have elections every four years and then, you know, okay, if we get a bad guy, we'll get a good guy. I'm busy. Most of the way we sleep is we're just really, really busy, especially in this area. That's how we sleep. We just stay really, really busy. We stay engaged, working, 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 getting our job, keeping our hand on the plow, paying our bills and stuff. But you can sleep while you do that, right? That's how we stay in this area, sleep. When he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. Maybe even your eyes can get heavy in this time just simply because you're tired of the whole thing. You just want to ignore it and just crawl in a corner somewhere and go to sleep. I've thought about that a lot of times. This is not the hour for that. We can't do that. Because... Our adversary, the demonic adversary that's causing this ruckus over us is hunting us down. It's gone from just being the general influence to hunting us down. This epidemic was hunting us down, totally demonically inspired. And we're going to find out the truth of the way it came about in the natural. I think a lot of information is already coming out. But the real thing is the devil's behind it, and it finds everybody. It started with the old people, and people would be retiring should be just sort of by themselves and start attacking right there, right? And everywhere else. So he left them, went away. He said, this is when he came back, he again fell asleep because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Now, Jesus is very aware of what's going to happen. So fascinating to me is why is he praying? Why is he doing that? He knows what's going to happen. So why does he want them to be watchful? Because they're about to make some really bad mistakes and injure themselves. They're not aware of the moment, the time. They're not watching, right? And even he is interesting. Why does the Son of God need to pray when he knows what's going to happen already? He's praying for strength. He's praying that he will react in the proper way. He's asking God to give him grace to react because after all, he's going to go hang on a cross. He's going to let evil men abuse him that he could annihilate with his voice. One word and they're all gone. They're dead. The whole nation's judged. As a son of God, he could do that. But he's trying to walk this thing out right, just exactly the way God wants him to walk out. And he knows he's got to be careful. He's got to do this right. And I think one of the biggest things he had to be watchful for is to keep his mouth shut. Not destroy everybody, you know. Right? If you're the son of God, I mean, for me, I mean, you look at that, you know, and you watch these pictures of the crucifixion or, you know, in a movie or whatever. Don't you want to just slap people around, you know? You want to go in there, Right? And one of the biggest things he had to watch for is, uh, that's not the path. Here's the path. i got to follow what you want me to do. Right? They returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? See, there was a plan for them too. There were things they needed to do in preparation. There was responses. And certainly not denying Jesus three times was not one of them. Right? But Peter wasn't aware. He didn't know. He wasn't ready. Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Right? So watchfulness. What does it mean to devote yourself to prayer? One of them things is watchful, being aware, praying, alert, hearing God's voice, listening to what He has to say. Today, sometimes it's hard to hear God's voice when everything's so darn negative. But you can hear God's voice. There is a voice out there, and He'll know it by His full of love, and it's always positive even in negative circumstance. It's always honest, too. That voice is brutally honest as well, right? So it's got that involved there, there as well. All right. So the second thing is being thankful. 
Let me just say, uh, this actually equips us in such a unique way to handle the time that we're in. Thankfulness. A spirit of bitterness and anger and all of that doesn't get us very far, but here it is. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Always. Are you kidding me? Always. Now Paul's writing this, fully aware that he'll be a martyr someday. Fully aware, fully suffering, almost every place he went. If you read the latter days of his life, it's just such a beautiful story. Purposely going places, purposely doing things, knowing that that activity is going to get him killed. Right? This is the guy that's writing this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And interestingly enough, he's writing to the Philippians, and they all knew what he did when he was in jail. <laughs> right? They all know. Remember what Paul went to Philippi? And the only reason why there's a church in Philippi is he's locked in jail, getting ready to be judged by the government, you know, chained to the floor, and they began to worship Jesus, he and his partner. And the jail cell doors fly open, and the shackles come off, and pretty soon the jailer's getting saved, and the city's beginning to get saved. What an amazing thing. So to these people, he's writing this, who are very aware. This is very good advice for us as we consider praying for divine opportunity. Rejoice, Lord, always. As a matter of fact, even the rejoicing, even the worshiping, you can feel it in our worship, can't you? Feel it in our worship. Even as we're worshiping, you can feel it. You can feel the shackles. You can feel the victory in the air, right, when you, when you sing like this. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, it's just so awesome. The Christian music and uh, other music is coming out. It's just so dramatic. Rejoice, Lord, always, because it's this principle. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Okay. I want to pause for a moment here. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. See, the opposite of anxiety is prayer. Sometimes our prayer sessions are just worrywart sessions. I listen to people pray. They're just terrified. They're worried. I've, I've seen whole prayer meetings turn to one long worrywart session. Just <laughs> terrified, fearful thing. I can't even stand to be near those kind of prayer meetings because they make me so depressed. I think, man, then I get this thing. Man, maybe they're right. You know, I get all that. Wait a minute. I came in here bold. Now I'm like freaking out. How can a prayer meeting do that to me, right? <laughs> do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, there it is again, present your request to God. Thankful for what you have, what God's about to do, right? So, think about this. I mean, this is not, this is not profound, but it's profound. If I pray about a matter, then I think that I should stop worrying about a matter. Doesn't that make sense? Okay, I'm giving this to the King of Kings, the one that shed blood for me, died for me, rose from the dead. So, Lord, I'm praying about this now. So once I pray about it, that should be the end of it, wouldn't you think? Right? I've given it to you. You know about it. Now fix this. So the opposite of prayer is praying about it and then worrying even more about it because you start thinking about all the ways you're suffering as you do this in detailed prayer, right? I've been there. Sometimes my prayers are just worry sessions, you know. So what we want to do is we want to pray and petition with thanksgiving. That helps take the team. Thank you for the situation I'm in. I thank you, God, that you know all about it. I thank you for the ways you provided for me in the past. And present your request to God, right? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we're praying, what should be happening is it should cause us to actually be in a different place, not so anxious anymore, right? And Thanksgiving is right at the core of this because Thanksgiving is going the opposite direction, isn't it? 
It diminishes the size of the obstacles in front of us. It also helps us to rest even in the middle of a struggle. I tell you, Thanksgiving is one of the most powerful weapons you have in the midst of your problems. God, I thank you that I'm going through this. I know you got the solution. I thank you for uh, all the times you've done this in the past. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. It keeps us spiritually alert, uh, alert and awake for, for opportunity, too. Right? So these things of being watchful and thankful... What it does is it keeps us alert and keeps us uh, in a different place as we're going about our life than the rest of the world. We're looking for opportunity. We're looking for blessing. We're looking for good things. We're looking for change. And when we find it in our walk, our everyday life, we're, 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 we're attacking it with prayer. We're interceding. We're, we're full of faith. And we say, thank you for this opportunity, Lord, for me to shine. Thank you for this opportunity for grace to come. More money, le less work. So i got to put this really practically. I love to pray for the workplace and jobs because it's so practical and I can measure it so well, right? That's why I like to do it so much. Because when we get the answers, you either got the promotion or you didn't, right? Right? And then when you give testimony about it, it's clear. Yeah, man, I was there, but now I'm looking at Mark Wally. He's got a job now. So we prayed for a year about that. Now he's got a, not only a job, but he's got a great job. So I know about that. So I'm grateful. See, people are even clapping, right? So that's the right place, right? So we want to stay in that place because that helps us to rest even in the middle of a struggle. The thing is, now look at Roman numeral two. Prayer opens doors for the message of Jesus to enter any person's world. So let's go to Colossians chapter four, verse three. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. I'm looking at all kinds of doors here. Lord, use me as a doorway for somebody else to come to the Lord. Lord, bring an opportunity for this message. Lord, open a door for my message. Now, the thing is, what I'm going to get to is, as we're moving into this season, as we're prayerful, we're aware of things. When we stay in that space, we become aware of our everyday life in a different way. Lord, now that I'm praying, and, and, and one way, good way to keep that spirit on you is to be thankful, Right? And also to beware of, uh, of just things, anything that makes you feel bad and defeated, get rid of. Anything that makes you excited and looking forward to, stay in that place, right? But here's the thing. The best defense, they tell me, in sports is offense, especially in a sport like football, right? If you're busy scoring 50 points, then the other, it's going to be hard to lose, right? The best and it keeps the, the other offense off the ground. So the best defense is offense, this is really important. So especially in this season. Can I just say it again? I, I like what I just said there. Uh, the best defense for us is offense. So while all this is under attack, losing this, losing that, fearful getting sick, let's go the opposite direction offensively. Because that way you win. But also it's important because while we're in that place, we're also staying close to the prime directive. And that is that God would open doors for us to lead other people to Christ. When we're being strong, when we're being kind and confident, not obnoxious, guess what? We stand out. Anybody notice that? Where you work, you stand out, man. You stand out. And so it's important that you stand out so people have a place to go to, right? And so even when I look at this uh, uh, um, 
looking for open doors thing. I, I really like that passage because I, I just think that uh, pray for us too that God may open a door for our message. So what Paul did was he rummaged around the Mediterranean world going this place and that place looking for to get a, a stronghold for the kingdom. And he went to some really gnarly places, really bad places. Ephesus and Philippi. These were not golden. We have them kind of romanticized. These were godless, horrible cities. But he would go and he's looking, okay, where's the root going to find? Where am I going to find a place here? Because once I get the Christian root in place, it's going to take over. <laughs> I just got to get it in, right? And he suffered a lot that. So that's, this is kind of the way he went. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise, he says, in the way you uh, uh, act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So this posture, you see, we're, we're, we're looking for possibilities, just like Paul would in planning the church, but we're the same way, especially right now. What a great time to be wise in the way we act toward outsiders. Not like, like this, but like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, get away with your, no, don't put that philosophy on me. No, you know, I hate that politics, you know, like that. But go this way. Bring Jesus to them. The love and the mercy of our God. Because underneath all of that political bravado and all the rest is insecure, very, very, very afraid people. And this time. Like never before. I've never seen a nation so afraid. Right? So pray. So notice this is called praying for divine opportunity. So when you stay in a spirit of prayer and thankfulness and worship with the Lord, then what happens is you, you start be going, okay, now Lord, I pray for him and her and him. And so you're praying for them. They're, they're like your, your little plants that you've planted. You know, you're, they're like your projects at work. Right? Your neighbor down the street. You're praying for them. Right? So you're bringing the kingdom down on them. <clears throat> and now the other thing is Praise that be clearly as I should. But the other thing is, being the wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. So, in this season, there's going to be all these crazy opportunities are going to spring forward for you to give a word about Jesus, to talk about Jesus, because everybody's so afraid. Make the most of every opportunity. So God right now is bringing immense opportunities. If we can see past the fear, if we can watch and pray and not go to sleep, right? Not hibernate and get in the corner. And at the same time, uh, stay awake and keep our wits about us. There's opportunity for us. I believe there's all kinds of opportunities for Jesus now, like never before. But I'm not saying, okay, we're going to go do a, a tent meeting over there. We're going to do a crusade over there. I'm just saying in your ordinary, everyday life, there's opportunities everywhere because people are so afraid, so beat up, and so much horrible stuff has happened. They're wide open. So now would be a season to pray for divine opportunity. Be walking in your own walk with the Lord, praying and making sure that you're awake with Him and then looking for possibilities out there. Then he says, let your conversation be always full of grace. Bring good news to people. Be nice to them. Don't accuse them. Just be nice, kind. Carry yourself in a different way. Seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. So you will answer people different ways. Some people need a certain frankness. Some people don't need any frankness. Some people need uh, more joy. Some people just need to be encouraged. Some people need what? They're searching for answers. Some people need truth. Some people are really at that truth. They might be a little combative. So you can do them in a different way than you do somebody else that's utterly crushed, right? Make the most of every opportunity. This is great advice for us, I think. You? <laughs> I like it. Thanks for your support. <laughs> so anyway, um, where do I go from here? I'm just keep going here. Let's look at this verse 12. I'm going to look at Colossians. This is on your outline B2. Well, first they say B1. Who are your Colossians? So I mentioned that. But 
Look at this verse 12. It fascinates me. So he's writing this letter to the Colossians, right? But Epaphras is part of his team. So Epaphras was actually a part and actually was the main leader in Colossians. So now he's with Paul. Paul's writing the letter to the Colossians. And so he mentions Epaphras, who's their leader, right? Now listen to what he says. Epaphras, is one, who is one of you and a servant of Christ, sends greetings. Now listen to this. This is really good. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. So it's like many of us understand this with regard to our children. We understand. How many of you are wrestling in prayer for your kids? How many? Yeah, I mean, it's not hard, right? But have you considered wrestling in prayer for your coworkers, for your neighborhood? Because you're going to have to deal at a higher level there, right? So wrestle in prayer for them and then look for the opportunities. In other words, praying for divine opportunity, wrestle with them and wrestle prayer with them and then look for the possibilities, look for opportunities, looking for divine appointments. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. It's interesting. Like, like these are his kids. That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Oh, I love that passage so much. It's so powerful, I believe, for where we are today. It means to, wrestling in Colossians 4.12 means to struggle like engaged in an intense athletic contest or warfare. It's amazing how people <clears throat> um, do athletics in our area, train, and we're way above the curve. I've lived in other places, man. We are the, I mean, people are so extremely health conscious and exercise conscious, but in their spirit, they're a little bit anemic, right? So we need to learn how to wrestle, struggle in these contests internally for people and not give up if we don't see anything change right away. And be watching for opportunity when we can just put a word in further for God or say something that's meaningful or even step in there and be bold, right? Matter of fact, in this season, I'd rather be bold than not, uh, too, too timid. But you have to watch your environment and just be looking for opportunity. Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 to 38. This is a time for this, and uh, it's really important. And, and I'm just... Uh, what I'm doing is I'm attaching this word prayer to everything, but I'm because I'm seeing that as we pray, we intercede, and we become prayer people, we become aware of God, then we can become aware of other people. And also we can deal at a higher level, right? Because our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So we need to be able to go higher so that we can go down, right? So pray for that coworker for a month or two, looking for opportunities to get a word or something, a breakthrough. But do it purposely, on purpose, right? All the time. How much compassion do you have for your friends and your neighbors? Even the obnoxious ones. Pray over your neighborhoods. Pray over places, especially those places that you frequent the most, and especially over your own families, right? And don't give up on your own families, by the way. I just encourage you. That's a word for someone. Do not give up on your own families. They are weaker and less protected with their nonsense than they ever have been. Everybody is. The four shields have come down a little bit. Don't forsake praying, engaging with your families and family members. Some of them are extremely obnoxious. Some are even more obnoxious on the surface because of the time we're in. Pray. Intercede. Now is your best time. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And then he says something interesting. He says, then go, go. He doesn't say, go out and go get them, right? Well, he sent them out, yes. But look at he says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So what we need is 
people will go out, people that will engage our culture, looking for opportunity, praying for them. But praying is a key thing because in that place we're dismantling the powers and authorities. We're going higher so that we can go lower, right? All right, Roman number three. Praying makes it easier to make the most of every opportunity. So uh, going back to Colossians uh, chapter 4, I want to just read these verses. Colossians 4, verses 4 to 6. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everybody. So if I said, all right, we're going to have evangelism training 101. We're going to do this for six weeks. We're going to equip you in every possible way uh, for you to lead people to Christ. If I made that announcement, 10 people would come. But if I say, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, pray that you, you and, and pray like this, I think you've got a better shot at being actual witnesses if you just do those things, right? Because these things aren't threatening. You don't have to be a super-duper expert. You just have to pray and watch, and watch your own behavior, and let God use you in that place, and be bold in that context, right? You could do the other as well. Right? But here's a great place because you live in the world, you work with people all the time that are unbelievers, right? Let your conversation be always full of grace. You're always on. You're on. You're in. You're, you're the God's representative. You're God's person in that place. You're the one. Right? Wow. In a way that takes a lot of pressure off because what he's saying is let your conversation be full of grace. It's, you know, season with salt. You know, just make the most of every opportunity. I, I could do that. How many think you could do that? I could make the most of every opportunity. Whether I could give them like a, a huge theological statement of everything that I believe and they, that they should believe and, you know, why this is that. I, I don't know if I could do that, but wow. And then pray, Lord, I, I just help me to be in this circumstance as clear as I should. I don't want to be too bold, but I want to be bold enough. Lord, help me. Help me to be wise how I act toward outsiders. Help me to find the opportunity. Help me looking, active looking for every opportunity. And I, I've had some many experiences like, you know, I've... I, I, both in the ministry and outside the ministry, but sometimes I just go in the warehouse and I just walk around and I look for opportunities because the people that go in there, there's all kinds of characters in there, you know, all kinds of characters, people getting screaming deals and, you know, and trying to manipulate their way into bargaining us even lower, you know, and then people are just absolutely devastated and broken. You just walk in there and get opportunity. They're everywhere, but there's other places, every store, every place, right? To me, I don't know if this makes you feel. This makes me feel, okay, this is, a, this is a tangible way that I can act in this time. I can be a prayer person, praying for divine opportunity, looking for possibilities. This is, I can handle this, right? I'm not sure I know everything there is to know about politics or this or that, but I, I know about this, right? And I know about my own experience. Watching increases our expectancy and causes us to be more clear. Clarity not only comes with the words of the kingdom, but also the works of the kingdom. What you do for people, that little extra ride you give them home or whatever. Making the most of our opportunity is literally redeeming the time. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Redeeming the time. I, I really like that. Redeem. A marketplace word meaning to buy up or buy out. It's like a sale. When Black Friday comes, you know how to redeem the time there, don't you? <laughs> right? What does everybody do? They're looking for that buy. 
We should be out in the world looking for that buy, that person that the Lord's ripened, that person that's ready to hear something, that, that person that's ready to hear my testimony. They're out there. Believe me, now more than ever, they're out there. They're all over the place. This is, I'm telling you, this is a great time. If we just wake up and don't go to sleep and are watchful, this is an amazing time, and you don't have to be super-duper man or woman. And if you become super-duper man or woman and somebody gets fit, okay, we'll learn from it. But, you know, so you don't have to be that careful. Just look for the opportunity. How many of you know on Black Friday nobody's careful? Looking for those deals, literally running down the aisles, looking for that special game. That's the way that we're talking about here, right? There's a word kairos in this verse. And uh, it's the word for time. It's very interesting. Uh, it has the sense of season, suitable time, the right moment, a kairos moment. See, Jesus paid for it all. Buy when you see the opportunity. Sensitized like we're in a sale. And the last thing is, is your, cons, is your conversation full of grace and seasoned with salt? I really like that. So I'm going to just summarize this this way. Let's just try, I said praying for divine opportunities. So these are the different ways, being watchful, uh, looking for opportunities, those sort of things. And uh, the thing is, and as we're praying for people, I found that the people that I pray for, my coworkers and stuff, I, I, when, I, when I take the time to actually do, pray for the people around me in my families, then w and, and I do it in the right way, so you could pray and you could be like angry at them or, Lord, I just rebuke that bad thing and repeat that, but, just, but here's a better way. You could do that too, but pray in love and then watch for you to be part of the answer. See what I'm saying? That's, even your prayer will change if you think you might be part of the answer. So be thinking, okay, if I'm part of the answer, I'm looking for this opportunity. Let my conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. So ask God to give you the right seasoning to what you say. Sometimes the season might be a little pepper. might have to be a little hotter. And sometimes the season is just very neutral. But it's never the same. Can I say that? It's not just one thing. The Spirit will tell you how. To, sometimes it's a time for a confrontation. Sometimes it's a time for a relax. But the Lord will show you. You just need to know that if you're praying and you're interceding for people, be confident that God's going to give you the right words at the right moment. So what I'm saying is the praying, what it does is it, it, it sets you up spiritually to make the right response as opposed to just sort of wearing this, uh, you, know, you know, just hoping that you get the right answer sometimes. Literally spend time praying for divine opportunity so it can prepare you in the ways that we're talking around. You can even pray about some of these specific issues. Lord, give me the right words. Help me have the right season. Give me the right time, Lord. Show me opportunity. Make, make opportunity available to me. And when I see it, Lord, help me to go through that door in the right way. Those are good things you can pray, right? You can do that. So also, I want to just say this. Uh, relaxing is really important. I think uh, relaxing in the world, meaning... Uh, just not being too afraid, letting the Lord help you. Just remember, they're in deep need, and you have a lifeboat. They're, they're the ones that are in trouble, not you. Now, they may treat you rudely, or they may be, but remember the desperateness of their situation. They're in a place where we have a lot of difficulty things going on the horizontal, but not anything compared to where they're at in the supernatural, right? So just let that help you. And so prayer, what it does is we pray for people. Uh, it helps us to manage those emotions. It helps us to be in season. It prays. So don't forget your prayer life. 
This is incredible. This is a time more than ever before for praying for people around and praying for your government and stuff. Don't, but don't let it just rest there because part of the prayer thing is looking for opportunity to be seasoning because this is an amazing time for that, right? Amen. All right, let's all stand. Um, we haven't done this in a while, uh, but uh, do I have any musicians left? Uh, by the way, we're going to go back to our uh, ministry teams soon. So some of you don't even know what that means. You're newer to us, but usually at the end of service we'll have people across the front, and uh, you can come up and get prayer, right? So what I'm going to do is um, uh, I'd like just to spend, you guys can spend however long you want, but I'm just thinking this will take for most of you four or five minutes, Okay. Because I think that when I was speaking, I could see a little can opener opening people. <laughs> it's like, I felt like I had a can opener. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I forgot. Oh, yes. I could do that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now that I've got the can open, and you're thinking of the possibilities in your own life, right, I want you to respond just for a moment. You can do that from your chair. You can do it from up here. But while we're worshiping, just ask God to speak to you. We'll take five minutes to do this. Or less. They'll keep worship for a little longer, but you can after after just a couple of minutes I'll say, you know, formally we're ending this. But okay. Let the Lord in this moment bring people to your mind. Employees, employers, weird family members, weird family situations. I'm trying to look too hard over at this side of the room. Weird employment situation, weird bosses, just weirdness, right? So think about the situations you're going to have to deal with tomorrow, right? And the next day and the next day, your everyday life, work, wherever, neighbors. All right. So Lord, as we worship, I'm just going to worship here for just a few minutes, and then I'm going to formally dismiss you. I pray that you call to our mind people that are in our life, that desperately need Jesus. And uh, you're getting that dialed in. Maybe even people you hadn't considered witnessing to before or being a part of their life. Just pray for them now. If it helps you to come to the front, you could come to the front and pray with them. If you just want to stay in your seat, that's fine. God, if there ever was a time for people to get saved, it's now. Have mercy on us. Help us to be as bold as we should. Give us the seasoning. Open the gates. We're just going to worship here, and as we're worshiping, dial these people up in your mind and start praying for them. We're just going to sing a little bit, let you just pray for them, and then we'll. I, I, let me just say this I can feel the atmosphere is so pregnant feel the palpable presence of the Lord 
Whatever you say, whatever you pray for right now is going to turn something loose. It's going to shake something. Impossible family situations, impossible neighbor situations, impossible work situations, people that have been lost for a long, long time, people that you gave up a long time ago, things that we thought are dead are breathing a life again. That's one of the purposes for this plague. The enemy meant it for one thing, God meant it for another, just like Joseph. That's what he said. The enemy made it for one thing, but God intended it for something else. So I want what you intended, God. We want what you intended. Multitudes of restored families. Multitudes of people knowing Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Multitudes of change. And grace, grace, grace on our company.